0: Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message, and may God bless you richly through it.
1: This morning's scripture reading comes from the uh, Gospel of Luke, chapter one, verses 39 through 56. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Here ends our scripture reading. May God's name be praised.
0: Children's film some years ago, and I always get this quote approximately right, talked about awesome cosmic power in a little itty-bitty space. There's been another one of those cutesy Facebook memes recently that shows a picture of a manger, and it said, one, it said, the first king-size bed, and the other was that a manger once held more than our entire world can hold. I love those, those images. Can I confess to something stupid in a Bible study years ago? We had a, a gentleman in the Bible study, and we found out later he was, he was ill and it was contributing to the problem. But I, I let him drag me into an argument about which was more important, Christmas or Easter. Not my brightest moment in a Bible study. It really wasn't. His argument was that without Christmas, Easter couldn't have happened. Yeah. You know, My argument was that without Easter, this was the birthday of another little Jewish boy that wasn't lucky enough to be born in the hotel. He was in the stable. I told you it wasn't my brightest moment. Neither is more important, although Easter certainly kind of sums up the story. The beginning of it, that is such folly to other peoples of the world who don't get the idea or can't accept it. The idea that God's love for us is so overwhelming, is so cosmic, is beyond king's size. that having given us a very simple rule in the Garden of Eden, and we couldn't hang on to one simple rule, having given us the Ten Commandments in the desert after having freed the people from slavery. And uh, well, I don't know if anybody's kept all 10 perfectly in life, maybe we try in spirit. So then he sent prophet after prophet after prophet to say, as my father said to me many times in life, straighten up and fly right, cub bear. Well, that's what the prophets are for. They usually start in the old King James Bible, thus saith the Lord. They weren't preaching on their own. They were speaking often to kings or entire nations on behalf of God. And they got beaten and thrown in wells and killed and run out of town into the mountains and all kinds of other colorful things to disrupt if not end their lives because they dared say, thus saith the Lord with authority. And he finally said, it's kind of, kind of like when you're noisy at bedtime. I know none of you ever did that, but I did a few times. And I hear a voice in the foot of the stairs, don't make me come up there. <laughs> you did hear it, okay. But in this case, it was almost, and it wasn't a threat, I guess I got to come down there, don't I? And all that love God so loved the world that he sent his only son. In another place it says, and this was love, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sinners we are still and still Christ's birth and death stand as God's love for each and every one of us. It took a certain type of love now, in, in Greek, there are about four or five words for love. They're almost over rich in it. We're, we're kind of stuck with one and got to make multiple use of it. There's the love that, that draws a couple together, there's a lot of physical part to it. There's a love of a, a buddy for a buddy, kind of a fraternal love. There's love for, for, of parent for child is actually a special word. I think it's storge, I'm not sure, in Greek for that. And then there's love of commitment to another, the love that's a choice, that agape love. That's what we light a candle for, really, the love that chooses to love the other as being at least as precious, if not more so, than self. Well, we have that example in human form, really, first in a story when the angel comes to Mary and said, Mary, this is the plight you're going to get into for the Lord. I say plight because, of course, there was a lot of misunderstanding. It said she had to travel in haste to spend some time with Elizabeth and spent several months out of town. And she said, how is this going to happen to me? And Holy Spirit's going to take care of it, Mary. I will Buchanan's paraphrase Christmas story again. And this is going to be You're going to have to call him Jesus, Yeshua. The tradition was you named a male baby for somebody in the family. He should have been Joseph Jr. or whatever Joseph's granddad's name was. But instead, he was to be called Joshua, Yeshua. He saves because he will save his people from sin. What did Mary say? It be done according to God's will. And we have then the Magnificat, the song of Mary that Alice read for us this morning. Joseph had to commit kind of special too, didn't he? Things didn't seem quite right to Joseph, and he said, well, maybe this engagement needs to end. And Angel Gabriel came to Joseph and said, not so fast, boy. Well, I know, again, Buchanan's paraphrase Christmas story. I can imagine Gabriel was probably a little more thorough, and Eric reminded me of an old English carol that kind of tells the story of Joseph resisting a little, and even the cherry trees bowing to the Lord and saying, not so fast, Joe. What the angel Gabriel might have said, I know I'm embellishing story and it's dangerous. Hey, Joseph, God needs a very special stepdad to raise his son in the earthly sense of the word until he's grown up and ready to preach and teach. And I need a good and godly man to do that. He didn't pick a king. He didn't pick a nobleman. He he might have picked somebody from the high priest's family if he wanted to make sure he learned the book. Picked a carpenter. And in fact, under Joseph's tutelage, Jesus came to have the reputation of building the best yokes for oxen in all of Galilee. Under Joseph's tutelage. He wasn't born with that skill. But he needed a provider. In fact, there's a A church not far from where I used to live called St. Joseph, the good provider. The statue, of course, is of Joseph with a tri-square for building things. Hey, Joseph, my son needs a stepdad on earth and you're tagged for the job. Don't run away. And in some way, Joseph also said, Lord, let it be according to your will. There are legends about Joseph's life, I I wish we had more stories in the scripture about it. But we know that he responded faithfully, took Mary to be his wife, and in fact, Jesus had a bunch of brothers and sisters later. But at the beginning, he was the caregiver, he was the, the caretaker, he committed in love by choice. God doesn't usually make us do things. It's kind of hard sometimes what he does. But he asked. He said, this is your role. Mary and Joseph each responded in love of God. Yes, Lord, according to your will, I'll take my role in you coming into the world. And then God did come into the world. And through Mary's love, now you're going to laugh because every year I say this, Without Mary, our Savior would not have a belly button. He wouldn't be like us. I've told confirmation classes when they ask about the, the Apostles' Creed and that line. They oh, wait a minute. God could've picked up the clay of the earth and started fresh. We're told elsewhere in the New Testament that, that Jesus is the new Adam. Well, the new Adam could've been formed, as the phrase goes out of whole cloth, that is, made new, formed of the clay of the earth and, The breath of God breathed into his nostrils, and here's the new Adam, here's our Savior, here's the the very Spirit of God in human form. And then we'd have a Savior without a belly button. He wouldn't be one of us. So we have love incarnate, fancy word for love in the flesh, where God's love is expressed in taking on our form at its most helpless, at the very beginning, God, either appointing or recruiting, depending on how those conversations with Gabriel really went, a couple, Mary for a very precious role of bearing our Lord into the world, Joseph to be faithful and caring and protecting to take care of that family, even to the point of having to seek asylum in Egypt for a while, later on to save Jesus' life as a small boy, and then bringing him home Nazareth to teach him the family trade, so to speak, so that in a worldly sense Jesus was provided for and occupied, and till about age thirty, when he packed up and took off and started recruiting and teaching. We have another expression of love. We know that Mary's cousin Elizabeth was also pregnant by a miracle because Elizabeth was. I should say, beyond the age of expecting to be a mother and hadn't had any children. An angel came and said, it's going to happen. Her husband, Zechariah, kind of laughed. So the angel struck him mute for the entire pregnancy. We missed that part of the story here, didn't we? (laughs) Laugh at Gabriel and and can't talk for nine months. Sometimes God does make us do things. And when it came time for this baby that, that leapt in her womb to be named later on, Mama says, no, the angel told me to name him John. From that tradition of the family names, there was no John in Zechariah's family. Zechariah motioned for a tablet, and he scribbled on the tablet, his name is John. And all of a sudden, he could talk again, and he sang a song of praise for the cousin's birth. Now, Mary must have told the story. I thought maybe Mary and Joseph had kept it secret But Elizabeth said, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Well, like we sometimes do with family, when we got that big a secret, she had to share it. Especially with a cousin who was kind of in the same boat she was in terms of a a very special baby coming, a special pregnancy, a special expectation. And Elizabeth is the second, outside Mary and Joseph, Elizabeth is the second one to greet Mary as the one bearing the Christ. Who's first? Who greeted who greeted the Lord first? John, a baby, who leaped for joy in his mother's womb at the very sound of Mary's voice. There is a... Eastern Orthodox term, in fancy Greek about that long, that means the Christ-bearer, the one who bears Christ into the world. When John heard the voice of the Christ-bearer of Mary, he leaped for joy. He knew his cousin was there. He knew who his cousin was going to be, and one day would baptize his cousin, that all righteousness would be fulfilled, as Jesus put it. One of, our, one of my favorite hymns at Easter time or, or Lenten time is what wondrous love is this. What wondrous love is this, that God, that Jesus, being at the right hand of God, being there since creation, would take on the helplessness of a baby, would take on the hunger, the thirst, the fatigue, all the other things that are less than positive about living in this mortal form would take on pain and even death out of love for us we celebrate the start of that with Mary obeying Joseph obeying John and Elizabeth celebrating and the entrance of love incarnate love in human form with godly spirit entering the world for the sake of each And every one of us, nothing under the tree or in the stocking can compare to what's in the cradle, the king-size bed. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way through the message that we have just shared with you, please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.